This is the Medical Matters Podcast, a program which brings direct information, engaging discussion, and insight into the current state and issues surrounding healthcare. Now, here's your hosts, Dr. Peter Breyer and nurse practitioner Kelly McCormick. And we are going to talk about ta da! The Geisinger. <laughs> I had to throw that in there. Day merger. Or yes. Takeover, as the case may be. <laughs> merger, takeover. Some you people know, call it a I it's really a takeover. <laughs> I mean, Kaiser Permanente is much bigger than huge system in California. Geisinger. Yeah, big system in California. It was the really first successful HMO. Yep, I remember that way back when when um, my husband was in the Navy and we were stationed in um, San Diego, California, and that was back in nineteen. I'm trying to think. We moved there. At the very end of 1986, the very beginning of 1987, and we were there until like September of 1989, and Kaiser Permanente. So I remember that HMO stuff pretty, you know, well from from back then. It's so like a lifetime ago. Geisinger has a very interesting history. It was a single hospital. Uh, the money was donated by somebody named Geisinger to form Geisinger Hospital, and it was this big medical center with specialized modern technology care in the middle of nowhere. Kind of more in a rurally in a rural type Pennsylvania, for, yeah. that people would come from all over the state to be uh, cared seen for. there and admitted and cared for. And then somewhere in the 19... 80s, it, during the uh, HMO, when HMOs were starting to become popular, mm-hmm. uh, Geisinger started a aggressive HMO type of uh, insurance company and started to expand to other hospitals. They eventually bought at least 11 hospitals that I'm aware of. Yeah, so interesting, because while you were talking, I was I Googled, Guy, oh, this is Geisinger Health Plan, and that started in 1972. In 72? Began wow. in as a rural prepaid health plan offered as a pilot gro- program to Geisinger Medical Center employees and residents of the five counties surrounding Geisinger Medical Center. And then in 85... It received its certificate of authority to operate an HMO under the authority of the Pennsylvania Health Maintenance Act of of 1973. That's when it became an HMO. Okay. And I can tell you they were very uh, restrictive. HMOs. HMOs in general. Right. uh, Especially back then were difficult to deal with, denied care quite frequently and uh, denied level of service, uh, denied home health care, and uh, they were very difficult to deal with and, and uh, not very popular. And I remember there were congressional hearings about it. And so knowing that 
that Kaiser Permanente is kind of like an HMO, I believe, right? Right. So, but Geisinger has not really been an HMO. No, they are operated an HMO. They uh, they operated, but did they right. do they still to this day operate as an HMO? Yes, I believe so. Okay. Yes. So that I think that'll be an interesting thing to see what happens for people, you know, because they have their Geisinger health plan. It, it functioned like an HMO. They were very uh, restrictive. They were very. Uh, they denied quite a bit of uh, services that you requested. You'd, re you'd request uh, some home health item, and they deny it, and you'd have to fight with them. So, a lot of HMOs were that way. So, providers, unless they were in the HMO, administering the HMO, or had some kind of uh, big shot dealings with the HMO. Most providers did not like dealing with HMOs. Mm -hmm. For a while, family physicians liked it because it did increase their earning capacity a little bit. It, it really penalized specialists more than family doctors. I mean, specialists still right. made well, a lot and, more than family doctors. And how did that doctors, do it? But, by, by family doctors saying, oh, they don't need to go see the orthopedist. Right. They don't need to see go the, the, right. the, family the doctor cardiologist. The, they can just come and see me. He was the, the family doctor was the gatekeeper. Right. He, uh, he, he wouldn't let you go see somebody unless he thought it was appropriate. And uh, that kind of model really puts... The patient and the doctor at odds somewhat. somewhat. Right. And uh, I don't think it's a really good model of care, but uh, some people liked it. It, it did have some, uh, some good things that it dealt with preventative care a little bit more than the uh, fee-for-service system. Uh, you know, they would mark you. You would get marked on how many colonoscopies you did it was supposed to be done and if you how often you check the sugar in a diabetic say they they had parameters that you were supposed right. to follow so kind of like following for care. all these little quality right. markers check, kind check of thing. marks that you had check to the box. check off check the, hate the check, check the box, the box. <laughs> hate the check the box you had to check the box so you know they they were difficult to deal with they they lost a lot of their steam in the 90s and uh, Geisinger, but Geisinger became very profitable. This insurance company was very profitable. Mm -hmm. They expanded into uh, that area of Pennsylvania quite a bit. They went into Bloomsburg and Scranton. Well, that's where they're outside of Bloomsburg and Danville. Right. But they're up in the Scranton They're in area. Danville. Right, Danville. But they also own a hospital in Scranton and Bloomsburg, I think. And they... Operate a hospital in Atlantic City, New Jersey, yep. uh, which is their one urban hospital that they have. Because okay. they did have Holy Spirit in Central Pennsylvania for a while, which was a failed for like acquisition. Three, three years, yep, and then they. Which and I think that was their downfall in a way that they've been losing money ever since. They were very profitable at one time, and now they're losing money. Yeah, yeah. and I think this that's what led to this um, uh, merger. Yeah, uh, or so, acquisition. Right. And that's also what led to Holy Spirit's uh, downfall, so to speak. That yeah, they they spent a lot of money uh, building a cardiac unit and uh, couldn't attract the patients, and they fell into the red. 
and were losing money and they had to have somebody bigger acquire them to uh, to survive. Who's keeping the books? So right. here in this um, little article, because it's a question and answer kind of thing, that um, that that Ryzen Health is looking to... Um, <clears throat> it's through per Kaiser Permanente. They're creating a new organization called Ryzen Health, and that they're looking to acquire regional community-based health systems. And then this also says that they're looking to, they expect to invest $5 billion in Ryzen over the next five years and planning to add five or six health systems. $5 billion. $5 billion. <laughs> not million. Where do you get all that money? Is it by denying care? I hope not. Yeah. Well, you know, again, to me, that goes to the point of, you know, what, what are we paying for care? We, you know, are we paying too much for care to start with? And how do we, how do we change that? And, you know, do we need all this extraneous stuff that these health systems have that are not focused on actual patient care? Um, how do we, how do we get away from that? How do we get away from treating hospitals like spas than what their mission is in, in caring for sick people? Well, I, I don't think that um, this merger is going to help things. Um, I'm <laughs> against so the either. trend of mergers. On the other hand, I would hate to see a system like Geisinger fail because they did deliver health care to right. uh, well, you don't want to see any several million people, I believe. Well, I don't think we, nobody wants to see a system fail, but I think maybe maybe people are tired. I, I maybe maybe I'm tired. Maybe no, I'm, you're maybe not. Maybe it's tired. me tired of all these systems just kind of gobbling up other systems, becoming these big, bigger and bigger, bigger and bigger and bigger. And again, it has not. I don't see where it has lowered costs for patients. As it hasn't they lowered costs. It hasn't improved the relationships. Hasn't, between has providers and patients. Has it improved the quality and it of hasn't care? Really, <laughs> I don't think it's improved the quality of care, but I that's think, got technology think, has a lot to do with that. Too. Right. And, and you know, the other thing, too, is like all these big systems and stuff, you know, their whole, you know, they're all focused on productivity, you know. You see, you need to see, you know, one patient every 10 minutes and blah, 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 and... You know, and, and how about their advertising? And then how do you how do how does anybody realistically see somebody in ten minutes and it's be able impossible. to do all the things that they need? How about you know better ways of of seeing patients and and not just running people? It's like being run on a conveyor belt. You know, next, next, next. And I I personally really hate that system and we do have a local orthopedic group that is very much like that and and i i don't go to them because i just completely dislike feeling like i'm a number, number showing yeah. up at the front desk and then go sit over here then they call you come sit at window three go sit back in that chair now go sit over in this chair here <laughs> and i i just i just i really doesn't make me feel like a patient that i'm cared about as a patient and what my issue is I don't know why you it would makes say me that. feel like have, a number they must have spent at least 3 minutes with you well maybe <laughs> but it just doesn't make me feel right. like 
like, you know, that I ma- the, the, what makes me feel mattered is that, you know, my insurance payment to them. That's what, that's what I feel like when I, when I go to them. So I don't, I don't go anymore because I just don't like that. I don't blame you. It's a ripoff. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to go to that group. I agree. Well, it's, uh, it's a sad thing in healthcare when, when we see these conglomerates getting bigger and bigger, um, and, but I don't think it's going to change. I think it's going to well, continue this way. Well, no, I, I don't way. think it's going to change. I think the only thing that's going to help it change is if regulars, regulators say, nope, getting too big. Can't do that. Well, they did block a merger between, uh, was it Hershey and or Penn State? And uh, what was the merger that was blocked? Was it, oh, between Penn State and Pinnacle. Healthcare systems. Before they went to UPMC, Pinnacle Healthcare System was a uh, competitor of Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. and they were in the thing. They were going to merge with Penn State Hershey, but that was blocked by regulators because it was too monopolistic. Because they would have controlled more than sixty percent of the patients in this in Dauphin County in the in the local area, so they did block that merger. So, but then they merged with UPMC, which is an even bigger conglomerate than Penn State Hershey. So I'm not sure that that did any good. But uh, we we've seen all the systems in in this area merge we've, in our area that we live in. So, and I think it's going to continue. I think we'll have uh, eventually maybe five or six healthcare systems in the country. And maybe some individuals striking out on their own, you know, smaller places that maybe we'll get back to some smaller community types. I mean, there's always going to be a reaction to the bigness. Right. There may be eventually a reaction to that. Well, there is somewhat. There's a, a concierge medicine is one of the reactions to right. Getting healthcare. Well, that's, you have to pay for it. Right. But there are a lot of people that are willing to pay, you know, a twenty seven hundred, three thousand dollars a year, two to three thousand dollar buy in to have concierge re- medicine. Yeah, to have somebody that cares about them and their health issues, and you know that kind of thing, or at least to know that they have access if they have right. a question and they know that they or a concern or anything that they that they do anytime. Yeah. Because with these big healthcare systems, sometimes it's very difficult to get an appointment. Hard to get through. <laughs> it's hard to get through. It's hard to find out your test results. Right. If you, especially if you don't know how to use the portal. Right. So that can be difficult, and right. I think especially for elderly people. Yeah. You know, using, you know, the portal, like my my parents would have a difficult time right. with with that. So it would be. Um, and many yeah, elderly difficult. people don't even know how to use a computer. Right. And I think everything in this world is computerized. I don't know how you do anything without a computer. Anymore. I know. Or a smartphone. Such is such is life. Yep. So it, it, I think it'll be interesting to see what happens with the Guy Singer thing. It, I find it a bit surprising, on some level, that you know makes me go, what What is going on up there? <laughs> And how did they why, screw it up? <laughs> why, you know, who's, you know, maybe they need a, what do they call it? Like a forensic 
a forensic look into the books. Oh, well, maybe so. Do you know what I mean? And you look at all these systems and say, well, where's, where's, the, where's the waste? Maybe they you know, need a forensic audit. I agree. It's hard to believe that they're losing money. Um, it's like the casinos losing money. It's like, how could casinos lose money? But Geisinger lost um, $842 million in the first quarter of 2022 as its investment portfolio suffered, suffered a sharp decline in value. Well, so did everybody across America. Right. But, but, so. but $842 million, that's Yeah, a lot. that's a lot of money. That's a lot, a lot, a lot of money. Yeah. So, uh, but I would agree with you that some forensics might be indicated here. Where did all that money go? What happened? Right. Well, I just think just, the just on the level of, you know, what, what, what are we doing for the patients? Why is it costing? Why is it costing so much? And again, what what extraneous things are these health systems okay. paying for that well, don't aid in the care of the patient? Well, here's a Geisinger report, reported a operating loss. Now, this is their hospital system mm-hmm. of two hundred thirty-nine million dollars last year. Okay, how is that possible with the prices they charge? I don't know. Well, again, where, but eight hundred and forty-two million dollars loss of investments this year. So they. Right. No again, I go. Where, where, where's wow. The, where's the money going? You know, the other dollars. interesting thing too about Geisinger too is that they started a medical school. You know, so they have the Geisinger Medical School. Yeah, that was another in, cost. Up That's in probably like another Scranton. huge cost center. That's probably another huge cost center. And I think they started that, in my opinion, because they didn't pay their physicians that well, and they wanted to inbreed physicians well, for their healthcare <laughs> system. It's called the Geisinger Commonwealth School of Medicine, and when did it? When it started? I guess it started. It says here it started in two thousand and eight. I didn't know it started that. Far well, it, ago. it was it was something else before that. It was Scranton University. School oh, that's why. Okay. Yeah. It says it's, it's, it's a private medical school associated with Geisinger Health System in Northeast and North Central Pennsylvania. So interesting. Yeah. Well, of course, when they bought Holy Spirit, then, you know, we, we got the uh, medical students from, from there. So, and right. it, um, I don't know how that how interesting. That, I guess the um, how, how that medical school's doing anymore. I don't know, but as you said, something something's not right there. Well, so, maybe you know, maybe I don't know. You forensics. Think, for a forensic audit what's wrong with that you know maybe those maybe those um you know hospitals or hospital systems that are you know funded or you know greatly by medicare or whatever maybe that should be a requirement you need to have a funded what's what what you doing with all the money 
the taxpayers are giving you to care for these patients because that's basically I mean when you're when you're talking about certainly from the Medicare Medicaid section mm-hmm. of, of things not private insurance obviously because then they're sucking premiums from the yeah, well, you know they, whatever yeah, well, the people whatever. Are for that too right Co- the <laughs> company you know the companies or businesses or whatever who carry the insurance for the for their employees but you know from certainly from the Medicare Medicaid system CMS um, you know maybe that's something that they should re- should require. You know, because it's it's taxpayer money that's that's feeding and supplying, feeding the beast, feeding these hospital systems, yeah. and and you know, you think as a taxpayer, you want to say, well, I want to make sure I'm getting good value for my dollar. Right. Well, it's a it's gonna it's a difficult problem. It it's a conundrum. Getting worse. It's another conundrum in healthcare. Uh, we'll see in the future if this. Works out for Geisinger and, and the patients Kaiser. of Central Pennsylvania, and whether uh, Geisinger can succeed, because in a lot of sense they blew it. <laughs> they had a very successful little institution up there that gave high, very high quality of care, and it seems that the situation has deteriorated. So here it says, how it's, this question is, how big are the two systems? It says, Kaiser Permanente operates in 39 hospitals, hundreds of medical clinics, and a health plan with 12.6 million members. Geisinger runs 10 hospital campuses, scores of clinics, and a health plan with more than a half a million members. Hmm. So, and I guess looking to see if regulators will approve the deal. Um, but it says here the FTC typically it is the Federal Trade Commission I had it right typically objects to deals involving mergers in the same markets but with Kaiser based in California and Pennsylvania in Geisinger Pennsylvania um, gives them an inroad probably won't gives them an inroad right gives them an inroad into Pennsylvania that's what they're all looking for yeah. they want to come in in a big way so watch out UPMC <laughs> I know oh boy. Yeah. Well, Let's you see know. See what happens. It is interesting. I feel like, you know, for a lot of these health systems, just slap any name on them. They're all basically the same. You know, is one really any better than the other? You know. Depends on your experience. Yeah. On your experiences at the healthcare systems, how you're treated. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I've heard bad things about every single hospital. Right. That you could name, including the, quote, top hospitals in the country. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard horror stories about them all. I mean, I'm not saying the care is, most of the time, care is good, but, you know, there's always the outlier when humans are involved. It's going to be mistakes, so. But I think somebody in Geisinger made some poor judgment errors. Maybe the acquisition of Holy Spirit, I don't know, maybe that was their failing or... I don't know. That was the big deal? Or maybe it was... You know, you just wonder because all these places, they just expand so quickly, right? You know, we're buying up this hospital, we're buying up this little place, we're buying up that. Oh, we're going to start a new hospital over here because we think we need one over here across the street from this other one because then now it's competition and et cetera, et cetera. And you just wonder... You know, the big cost, is it really, 
you know, making a difference, does it really help or is it really another, you know, building that's getting well, put up, but then... Uh, and Kaiser Permanente is from California. So what do they know about the environment in and Pennsylvania? And the culture of Pennsylvania? Right. <laughs> it's quite a bit different than California, so... Well, I think the interesting thing is, you know, because Pennsylvania itself, you know, East East... East Pennsylvania, West Pennsylvania, very liberal, much more um, conservative in the the Middle Belt, right? right. Which, which is where would coming. be <laughs> which is where they're going. Right. So it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens um, for them. I, right. I don't know. Well, I hope things work out for the best for the patients, but we'll right. see. It, well, it should always be about the patients, right? right? That's it's, what it should be that's, about. That's what we're here for. That's what we're working for. Right. That's that's what we're doing. Um, so it should always be about what's best for, for the patients and how do we best serve them. Right. And I think if everybody keeps that in mind, <laughs> things well, would be a they, lot better. If they mean what they say, yeah. then yes. If they're just mouthing platitudes then it means nothing right so we'll see <sighs> thanks for listening to medical matters we appreciate your your time and have a happy healthy safe week you've been listening to the medical matters podcast listen weekly for more news and wisdom from professionals who provide direct patient care the information discussed on this program does not take the place of your provider check out past shows additional content and leave your questions and comments at medicalmatterspodcast.com